Hi, everyone. It's the H Word Podcast. July edition. edition. Oh, thanks for bringing that up, Dan. Um, we've made it halfway through 2020. We're, we've done this for six months now, this podcast, too. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations, Dan. Thank you. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. It's a heat wave right now, weather report. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It is very hot. Um, I got an asymmetrical deep V sunburn across my, well, really only one boob because it's asymmetrical. So that's what I did yesterday. Sort of a jagged triangle? Yeah, with sort of like a gap in the middle for cleavage. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll send you a picture. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe on the Insta, we'll see. Yeah, who knows? I mean, we're halfway through the year. We need a reward, which is seeing my burnt elderly cleavage. (laughs) Oy vey. What a life. Uh, Atlantic Travel Bubble. Can you believe it? We made it. Oh, what's that? I haven't been paying enough attention. There's so much news and it's so awful. Okay, well, here, it, this is not awful, Thank nor you. is it, uh, n- n- whatever, it's whatever. There's four provinces, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island, and, Nor- and Newfoundland. And they are now in a bubble, which is to say that anyone can travel between those four provinces and not quarantine for 14 days upon arrival. Okay, well, I didn't um, even know what the rules were about traveling, because... But I think the, 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 the fact that this is such a huge headline, it's like, every, like I'm seeing it everywhere, it's like... I guess people really wanted to travel between those provinces. I don't well, know. Family? It's, it's also like small. Family, yeah, I guess. It's a, small, it's a very small area comparatively. It seems like maybe it's pertinent for people who live like close to the border. Yeah, and their family's on the other side of it. Maybe people commute. For, I think people commute for work. Maybe I'm Really? I don't know. I was spent like a month out there and I was trapped in a building the whole time. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It was held trapped in a building. A comedy oh, writing prison. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, it was. It looked really nice out the window. <laughs> yeah, where they sort of like uh, they sort of clack the uh, USB key along the bars as they walk past. <laughs> oh, there was a really great rainstorm there. Speaking of Shawshank Redemption, were we? <laughs> yeah, we were. Um, and there was a great rainstorm. Please do tell. Well, that's it. There was, no, there's a. I mean, this is more weather report. There was a great rainstorm when I was in. It's Halifax. weather history. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Today in September in 2018 in weather history. Yeah, um, today in September. We, uh, sorry, please. Oh, well, we can go to our we could go through our segments, I guess. So mixed messages. Um, I can't yeah, understand yeah. what the rules are. I'm really tired and out of it, and I'm still just at yeah. home. Yeah. Um, did you hear about this nightclub, Goldie? In no where in Toronto, there's a bar called Goldie, which I'd never heard of. I'm not sure exactly where it is. Um, that was holding a secret, uh, distance-free party, and, and they uh, have their listen, liquor license revoked. Um, good. People were sneaking in the back door well, to good. have a party. Um, so the, the that falls into mixed messaging because. Uh, we're in phase two. Patios are open. People have I – mean, there's a general consensus that patios are a stupid idea. I, um, but people are boldly on them, and I have friends on Instagram posting pictures of themselves on them. I know. That's what I'm saying. There's a there's a divide between, like, the people who have agreed it's terrible and people who are just like, I need to be here. I would like this person to show up to work and risk their life for my cool beer on a patio. Yeah. Seeing the deadness in the eyes of the servers is, is um, pretty uh, – pretty horrifying yeah well i'm just seeing them send tweets and trying to retweet that because i don't want to put people in that position 
Well, I walked by a patio mm -hmm. near my house because I wanted to see if it was open. And yeah, like I was like, oh, I'm hearing that same kind of like fake cheery voice that I heard <gasps> when I used to go to that establishment. And I was like, oh, it's it's laced with so much more acid now. Oh, they have to put the cheery voice on. I didn't even think about that. Of course they do. <gasps> yeah. Do you want do you want hot sauce with that? Hey, guys, like <laughs> you went to jalapeno poppers. <laughs> They're really <Yeah>. spicy. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my and god. And like everyone, like, yeah, in mask, in, in in mask and everything, it's got a real. Um, uh, well, everything has a bit of a creepy vibe. But do they have like the masks with the um, like plastic panel so that you can see the mouth of the smiling waiter who's like gritting their teeth? This particular one did not. <laughs> uh, but um, maybe that should be a standard. I am with the, like, so uh, with sorry. With the fake mouth on them or whatever. I'm so sorry, wait staff. I'm so sorry that you guys are having to do this. Yeah, this this feels like uh, one of those things w history will look back on in even maybe a year and be like, well, we're sorry we did that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. What's what I found interesting today watching the press conference with uh, Doug Ford, Premier of Ontario. Um, oh, I haven't was, watched it. Please. It's No, it's nothing news. It, I'm just saying there's a little uh, subtlety that I've noticed of like certain uh, – certain journalists will ask questions and like their bias shows so strongly. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, like when, when, if you were to just erase the sources from who they're calling for or whatever, and just listen to the questions, you've got one guy being like, uh, you know, this is, it, we've been doing this for 120 days and nail salons can't open. Like, do you think this is right premier? And then him having to defend it. And then someone being like, so beaches are packed. Are you going to close beaches, please close beaches. Like you've got these, it's really interesting to watch people sort of thrust their biases into this situation. Uh, well, and I feel really numbed out by it. It's working. Like, I'm like, who is right? What's wrong? What's going right. on? Um, I did follow some virus scientists on Twitter. There's like, you can kind of bundle follow people. And so that's really been helpful. Twitter, my Twitter in 2020 has gotten way better. It's really educational now and way less stupid jokes there's still some mm. but like yeah the viral scientists mm -hmm. are like keeping me a little bit focused on what is actually happening because sorting through data is hard and that's their whole job and not mine any uh any standouts you want to report well it's really scary in the united states sure numbers wise yeah yeah well there's also one that i have to i would like to reread today i don't know that i will um about like case numbers and death rates um, and like how to reconcile the two and which is like case in the States case numbers are skyrocketing, but death rates are not climbing in the same way because there are some treatments also testing people earlier and getting them into treatment earlier, help save lives, things like that. So there's stuff like that that's being helpful and getting like, that's a good example of it, but I can't think. Right. Um, and I, I heard though that a lot of that slower death rate was explainable by the fact that, we didn't have control over the long-term care before and mm -hmm. that became such a that became such a problem so quickly mm -hmm. that it was like now that that's slightly more under control and now just younger people are getting sick and less are dying from it but probably well, and, having and old people very long-term like effects uh, old people are like hiding and being safe more because they're scared yes right um, okay, the other thing that I've been doing this week is that I, I called out a former co-producer online about some pretty in my opinion, I will say, bad behavior, and it's not going great. Hmm. Okay. Um, 
Yeah. So that's a, it's occupying a lot of my mind. I'm not sleeping particularly well. Um, I think I slept from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. Now, when you say it's not going great, uh, well, I, you know, maybe it is going well. It's just, let's put it this way. It's very unpleasant. Um, and, ah. I, and I also know that it, it's more unpleasant first. There's other people who are going through worse things now, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time period has really shown me that people are not who I thought they were in many ways. And it's pretty hugely disappointing. Do you want to, um, without going into specifics, sort of give us give us an ex- like um, an explanation of like what it feels like to go through the calling out process? Because maybe it's something that we, yeah. the wider audience, could maybe engage in. Yeah. So first of all, I don't mind answering any questions, Dan. And you know a little bit about the situation I filled you in a bit before. So if you want to ask questions for me to help clarify what I'm saying, I'd really like that because I know I can speak around in circles sometimes. But I'll try. Um. So. It, it was like a, it was a process of many weeks to write this thing and to try to think about it. I had to sit down and put it down a lot. Um, ran it by some friends, talked to a lot of people. Now everything I put, it's on my Twitter, it's on my Facebook publicly if you want to check it out. But everything I put there um, is my own. It's nobody else's. It's my story, so it's not their responsibility for any of this stuff. But you know. Leading up to it, sort of hearing the stories about this person, um, aside from just my own, I, I felt like this is like a silence is violence sort of situation where if I don't say anything, nothing's going to change. And I also am in a unique position to put myself forward. And this is a person who's pretty powerful in this city now. And I don't have much to lose because the institutions that he is now running, multiple institutions, I don't work for anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really, really, really nervous, shaking nervous, posting it. Um mm-hmm. And then I took a shower <laughs> and tried not to think about what was happening on the internet. And um, then I felt a lot better. Hmm. It was um, it was really good to get it out in the open. And it's hard. It's just a lot. And I know that this is like a drop in the ocean compared to what people of color deal with. Mm-hmm. And um, now that. That does bring to mind a question for me is how do you feel your whiteness played into it? Oh, gosh, I don't know how to answer that. Well, what, I guess what do you mean? Like, I mean, like, I mean, in the in the steps, because I think something that uh, that I struggle with anyway, in terms of calling people out is like, I am going to um, I am uh what am I doing? I'm like, I'm, 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 is it, is it centering myself? No. Yeah, centering, it's like, yeah, sure. Centering on a white narrative or speaking for someone else. Or, or jumping on the back of something yeah. like mm-hmm. as if I'm, yeah, yeah. Uh, I struggled like with that. that a lot. A lot of the conversations I had leading up to it were me checking in about things like that. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, I, you know, I'm not perfect. I certainly, <laughs> You know, I've been called out and I've made adjustments and um, I haven't been called out in this situation about anything. But like, you know, if I'm doing things that I'm not noticing, I want to I want to be told and I want to adjust them and fix them. But um, overwhelmingly, in fact, pretty much 100 percent of what's come back to me has been extremely supportive. 
um, from this community. And some really, really terrible other stories have come to my attention, which I'm not going to talk about because these are people who haven't chosen to come forward and have not chosen to put their stories out there. But it it made me realize that I felt gaslit. I felt crazy about all the things that I was seeing. And the overwhelming response I got was, you posting that publicly, Becky, made me feel less crazy. Yeah. And, and, I think- I, and I didn't post anything that I didn't have witnesses for or like copies of emails about or stuff like that. Yeah, and and I think um, I think. And I didn't say I'm that. Not, I'm not saying that you. Sh- yeah, well, you didn't say that, but uh, in your letter, but um, and I'm not saying you should have those things, but I think it just like uh, I don't know as a like as a like. He's denying it now. So legally I'm glad I minded do have person. <laughs> it's yeah. Well, there's that, but it's just like it's uh, it's 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 great. I think that you put so much thought into it well i was scared Um, yeah i was scared i'm still scared and i don't think this is going to end my career but i you know i hate conflict i i i i know and this was one of the things that when i posted it and people were like congrats and like especially the straight white dudes who reached out the ones who did um (laughs) like it was just like cool good good you did this what next i'm like wait will you please stop and understand that this will harm me this will harm me. And again, not even close to the way that people of color are harmed. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. But I'm trying my best to fix what I can and to open dialogues and to create spaces for other people to speak. But this will harm me. And the ways in which it will harm me will happen behind closed doors in spaces that I never have access to in conversations I never find out about. Yeah. And this is... This is, um, I think, something about this. This brings to mind the topic of solidarity, mm-hmm. and and if you are one voice, then the the chances, the guarantee of that happening go up. Mm-hmm. But if more people can do it, then mm-hmm. that happens less. Well, and I, I mean, everything I said is true and checked. But like, I also have very powerful friends and. Um, and I also have very lovely and supportive friends. I have close friendships. Yeah. And um, I'm. That's what's given me the most hope this week. I'm sorry. Don't be. <laughs> yeah, white lady tears. I don't want them, but. <laughs> they burn. <laughs> well, it's 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 like a weapon, but I guess use it against uh. oppressive white men. <laughs> But, um, um, yeah, this is also a problem centering sort of white pain. That is not my goal here, but, um, my friends have been incredible. Yeah. My friends have been really incredible. And, um, um, my other, I had hopefuls for this week. And the hopefuls are all the people around me and what we can build out of this. And um, so many people have experienced so much worse pain than I have who've reached out. I feel terrible. And and we can fix it. We can fix it. I don't have the answers. I don't want to be in charge. Let's make that very clear. But this community is beautiful. And I, I especially want to i mean there's so many people in this community right now who've helped me through this situation i don't want to name anybody although i appreciate them entirely because i don't know who wants to be named or not um but 
I will say two people who inspire me so profoundly are Maria Erin Jones and Saida Trujillo, who are my who are my um, roommates in theater school at the end of the '90s. And what they are doing right now, they are two women of color in America fighting incredible fights, and they are so inspiring. They're and they're making beautiful art throughout it too. Like, let's not forget the joy. Like all of this is to create more joy. Yeah. And um, Maria was interviewed on this. Please check out her work. She's been making like decolonized um, online television content through online broadcasting. She has a podcast called 10X Radio. So her space, which is under threat of closing due to the coronavirus in Albuquerque, is moved into a podcast form that is utterly beautiful and incredible and is a celebration of all these voices of joy. Um, Saida has publicly um, made a statement with a bunch of other people of color for the theater school that we went to about changing their practices. They're getting a ton of resistance. And um, she um, she's currently moving away, you know, from the school. She's moving. She's driving across country right now. Um, in ways related to this, I suppose. I don't really want to speak for her. I, I, I've, she's going to be interviewed when she gets settled. Um, but she's just, you know, like, we had a Zoom chat. And it was just like, we're just like, I'm in this fight to the end. And I'm taking so much inspiration from these people because they've done this forever. I am new to the game. That's why the tears are like, just feel like stupid to me. And I don't like to judge my feelings, but you know, what Saida and Maria are doing now and have done every day. And that's just two examples. I'm surrounded by these people. I'm so fucking fortunate. And in a way feeling like apathetic or like I didn't know what to do felt like a form of privilege looking back. Feeling like you didn't know what to do. You're just feeling like, or I guess it's more like the way that that feeling kind of morphs into nihilism and apathy. Mm-hmm. Or that sort of bundle there. Like, it's it's so wonderful to have this time period where things have been extremely difficult. But like, I've had time to listen to and watch my friends work more than I have and what their actions and what they're doing and have long phone conversations at night. It's a huge change. And... These are people who weren't in my life because we were all working so hard or whatever. We drifted apart and we were doing our own things. And it's it's beautiful. Anyway. <laughs> a great a great marker for the six months of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. You said I cried in 50% of the episode. So I don't know how I, what I've done to the statistics. Um, I have an interview. <laughs> <laughs> great. What is it? Um, I had a chat with my buddy Mars Timms, who is... Um, uh, an improviser and video maker in Chicago. And um, it was so nice to chat with him. You know, real ups and downs in Chicago, too. Um, but Mars is just wonderful. Well, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, let's listen to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, love you. Okay, love you. You're my best friend. Bye. Okay, you're my best friend. Bye. It's Becky. I'm back, and I'm joined all the way from Chicago by Mars Tims. Mars, how you doing? I'm good, Becky. How are you? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy, crazy, crazy. 
hanging in there doing the best we can, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm doing better than I was this week. I kind of came out of something like a months long kind of deep funk. Where? How about you? Um, my, my funks go up and down, uh, showers help, but, uh, <laughs> mm. I, uh, I stay funky. Um, <laughs> yeah, no things. I mean, I, I'm really enjoying the weather right now and trying to stay busy. So yeah, well you're making videos of your walks, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go walking and just start recording and see where it takes me. I wish I could say I, I went in with like some sort of like, oh, this is what I'm going to talk about. But nope. And then who knows where these walks and conversations with myself will go. Well, you're an improviser. Yeah. So that's what you need. Um, Actually, yeah. Why don't you introduce yourself? Who are you in this world? What do you do? What's your story? My name is Mars Timms. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Um, I'm uh, I, I perform improv. I, I teach improv as well. Uh, I'm a stand-up um, actor, voiceover actor. Ah, boy, just maybe just entertainer would encompass all of it and just say, I'm an entertainer. But I guess that'd be kind of boring. Nah, uh, if nah, I just, that works. Yeah. <laughs> I like to dance. I like to play basketball and golf. I, I enjoy a fine cigar here and there. And I like to travel the world. Oh, yeah. Um, You told me, where were you when the lockdown happened? I was in Thailand. Right. Yeah, I was uh I was over in Thailand. The trip had been planned for months with tickets were were all bought and uh had an itinerary. It was supposed to be about six different countries, but then as it got closer to leaving and coronavirus was ramping up, uh you know, countries and cities started falling off my uh schedule like uh, I was supposed to go to Shanghai and Hong Kong and Tokyo uh Singapore uh there was a thought about going to to Vietnam in there as well and and then all of those fell off and the only thing left was Thailand now was this vacation or work it was work i was going to teach and do stand up and improv i was taking my group Improv. Well, we uh, a producer contacted me and was like, "Hey, I'm doing this big project over in Thailand. I want to fly you guys over here to do it. And you know, while you're over here, uh, you should probably try and book yourself some more gigs and stuff. And and don't have to tell me twice. I was booking us everywhere and getting shows and teaching everywhere. Yeah. And then coronavirus hit, and then it was just uh. I was in Bangkok for about a week and a half and then Phuket for another week. And yeah, it ended up being what was supposed to be a month ended up just being two and a half weeks. Well, that's, I mean, and you got home safe and sound. That's pretty good. Yeah. You got to go somewhere in 2020. (laughs) I did. I did. I got to, I got to go. Yeah, I traveled abroad. Yeah, it's gonna be a while until that's happening again. I guess. Uh, yeah. Although one of the guys that went on the trip with me is going back in August because while we were there, he met this girl who he <laughs> says that he might marry. So what? He, yeah, 
Yeah. So he flies back in August and he's going to stay there for three months to see if it's truly love. And then they're going to get married there. And yeah. Whoa. Two and a half. Two and a half weeks. And he didn't even see her for the full two and a half weeks because she was only in Bangkok. So he may have seen her for a week and a half. And it wasn't like every day either. Okay. So this is really great because um, isolation has me very starved for gossip. And I don't know who this person is. (laughs) (laughs) But this is a great story. How do you... Okay. This is public. But how Mm -hmm. how do you feel about this whole thing? I think it's way too fast. It, it was, and it was really weird because I guess he he, he met her on like a, like a dating website. He was like, "Hey, I'm in Thailand. I'm gonna send it out to these dating websites that I'm here in Thailand and see if I can find me a girl." And then next thing I know, there is this girl in our hotel room, and I was just like, "All right, this is weird." Um, and then he was like, all right, well, we're going to the mall to get some food. <laughs> and they, they went to the mall to get food. Um, like a few days later, she came and saw, uh, one of our shows. Um, and, and then after that, we flew down to Phuket, Thailand. And yeah. And then we flew back like that week later and he stayed another four days with her it's way too fast (laughs) it is way too (laughs) fast but i guess they've been corresponding via zoom and all that other stuff i mean it's it seem it feels like the world is ending in some ways so maybe that's like a motivator (laughs) yes yeah I, i i i still don't know because this this guy he's he's really He's kind of like a nomad. He's he was here in Chicago, and he and he went another spot, and he's been he he doesn't even live here in Chicago. He's been living in oh my goodness, everybody's gonna hear this, and then they're gonna be like, wait a minute, I know exactly who I you're know, talking about. That's what I mean. I'm just gonna cause shit in the Chicago improv scene. <laughs> no, he's not even here in the Chicago improv scene anymore. He's been out in L.A. for a while. So if you know who I'm talking about, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't think he cares though. Lloyd Collins. Lloyd Collins, that's my guy. Uh, Lloyd is uh, moving with his emotions in this one. And he says he found this girl. And he he thanked me just the other day. He was like, you know, I may have found the love of my life. And he's like, she's a Thai girl and she's ghetto as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and so he said, and I'm invited to the wedding. So, so do you follow your heart? Do I follow my heart? Yeah. Uh, I am more of a, a, a science <laughs> a science guy, so d- no, no, I don't, I don't think I'm a heart. I mean, unless it's like following my heart and continuing to do comedy and all that stuff. But no, I'm not a no. <laughs> I guess no. it's long story <laughs> short, no. Okay, here's another question I have. It's kind of back to the videos you're making. I watched you, the like going on a walk video. I also saw you with Pimprov did that Wisecracking show. So that's a show that's a Chicago online show that features different comedians every time, right? Um, It has a regular kind of rotating cast. I'm in their regular rotating cast also. I know the 
uh, producer and the host, Angie McMahon, who put it all together. And she came to me and she's like, hey, I have this project. I want you to be a part. And so it has a bunch of different comics from Chicago, all around Chicago on there. And uh, then she asked if we want to do like a special Pimprov edition of the show. And I said that would be great as long as everything raised goes to a domestic abuse shelter. Right. And she agreed. And there it was. Yeah. It was very funny. It was very chaotic. <laughs> it was very chaotic, as as a pimprov show usually is. Yeah, so maybe explain pimprov, and then I'll ask my other question. Okay. Uh, pimprov is an improv comedy show based on four pimps who took improv classes on accident at Second City. <laughs> uh, not wanting to waste the knowledge that they have gained, uh, they decide to put on a show, which is just chaos of them not breaking all the improv rules and talking to audience members and, you know, making fun of each other. So it has elements of sketch and elements of stand-up in there. Um, and we truly just have a lot of fun during the show. And at every show, we take up donations for domestic abuse shelters. So the show has been around for 16 years. Um, we have a, a, a Thanksgiving uh, food for the needy program that we've done the past five years now, maybe six years. And we have an annual toy drive where we take up donations for uh, uh, donations of toys for kids that have to stay in domestic abuse shelters throughout the holidays. So it's, um, it's a fun show. It's, it's every Friday in Chicago for the past 11 years until the pandemic hit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was every Friday night. Yeah, I was trying to figure out when I met you. I think we met in Atlanta and it was like, it must, yes. it must have been like 15 years ago. Yes. Yeah. We were down in Atlanta. It was you and Graham. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Old Graham. Um, Old Graham. <laughs> okay. So the question I have, though, is kind of back to that thing you were saying about like, you know, up and down and moods being all over the place. But like, I've been thinking so much about the space of comedians right now. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we're putting these like happy faces forward. And mm -hmm. I don't know if you have thoughts in that direction. Like, what do, it's, we, what do we do with what's going on right now? I've I've had a couple of people quit comedy. <laughs> you know, that comedy performing and doing live shows was their outlet. And, you know, they they. I think I've always been a person that is like, oh, well, you need to diversify, you know, what you're doing. You can't just do stand up or just do improv. Uh, so I've always wanted to do other things as far as writing and producing and voiceover work and acting. So when, you know, live shows stopped, uh, I, I wasn't just like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? I was like, well, now I can just focus on, you know, writing and making videos and, and filming things. And I was able to uh, uh, have a, a studio built for me by my father. Uh, oh my so gosh. I have this like full, full like video film video studio in his basement and a, a recording booth. So. I, I, I do all of my auditions and voiceover work here from from the basement. I, I film everything. I do corporate shows that I, I film and edit here in the basement as well. So, yeah, it, it's a, it's allowed me to keep my sanity because without it, 
I would definitely go crazy. And and you see that in my walk videos. It's it's just me walking <laughs> and talking to myself. And a lot of those reactions are 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 very much honest to the things that I'm saying. Like, what? No, I can't believe you said that. Yeah, it feels like we're going to come out of this whole period with like a whole different genre of art and comedy that's like based on us all being isolated and what's happened to our brains during that time. Oh, yes. I've been trying to figure out how I would piece that into a a live stand-up comedy show because, you know, it's just so quick and frenetic the way I think. But if I were to do my live shows that way, people would definitely be lost and they'd be like, are we on drugs listening to this guy? What's, (laughs) What's going on? Well, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I was talking to a friend of mine about like, like the sort of magical power of language that, mm-hmm. you know, you can really communicate your mental state to other people in a way that can even suck them into it. Does that make sense? Mm, no. No. <laughs> okay, like <laughs> when you're- Explain it again. Yeah, 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 sorry. I, I say a lot of weird stuff. So like, so like for instance, uh, we're like, are, are we on drugs? What's happening? It's, it is sort of, are we on drugs? Like your energy, your thought process can be kind of like, like, um, can affect the audience's brainwaves too. You know, you come out of a show with oh, a certain yeah. kind of high feeling. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and, and those are great feelings to have. If you, if you come out of a show with that, that just high where you're walking on air and, and then you're interacting with people that have had that same, that's why I, I don't do like Zoom improv or zoom comedy shows because that energy that you create in the room between yourself and the audience members you're just like you all sort of start vibing and it's it's kind of like a band when they start having a jam session and you know the the guy on the drums is going and the guy on the guitar is going and someone's got a tambourine and you're just all this just like one this one hive mind and having fun that's that's what i like in a comedy show so it's it's very much you know, on a high, like hippie commune type thing <laughs> where afterwards then you just, you know, I hang out with a lot of people after shows and we'll all just go and get drinks and just start talking and hanging out because you've all connected. So that energy is definitely there in live shows. And I miss that. Well, I felt it with watching Pimprov on Wisecrack and it's like there's enough of you there that there's an energy. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, well, I, I, we were the audience, so we see the fun you're having. But like, you know, my husband and I were sitting there. He'd never. It was also cool because I was like, you know, all these acts that he's never seen because it was when I was on tour. I can mm-hmm. show him. But yeah, we were laughing our butts off. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I was like, this is just chaos. No one can understand anything. We're all talking over each other, at least with our our, our, our live improv show. People step back out of a scene, even though they still talk. But uh, and yeah, I don't know how it looked on Zoom, if you could like see all of us or anything. Either, you sort of so. can. You can hear everybody. There was a really nice arc built around Poochie screwing everything up. <laughs> 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 I mean, it was yes. it was just a magical arc because now the show has shape, right? Yeah, yeah. That he is he is a, a lunatic. I was I was just talking about that with my my father, who I guess he logged in as well. Uh, he he talked about how he he messed everything up, and and Poochie, uh, Keith, 
was my roommate for for years. We were roommates for years, and and it started because he lived right across the street. So we, you know, our parents knew each other, and and uh, and then. Keith moved in here for a while because my dad uh, created like bedrooms in our basement. So we like were roommates down here in the basement of my parents' house. And then we moved out and got our own place. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much Poochie of uh, messing things up and then it all becoming about him. Okay, I mean, so you've known him since you're a kid. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, what's it like to see? This is also interesting to me because you're Chicago, a Chicago native. Like to me, Chicago so often talked about as this sort of like place that you pass through as a comedian. Yes. Yeah. People talk about that all the time. I get a lot of people that say, when are you moving to New York or when are you moving to L.A.? Uh, I, I, I don't necessarily look at Chicago as a pass through. Yeah. I look at it as a hub. Uh, for comedy and it's it's like I'm right here in the middle so when I do work in New York or LA you know it's it's easy to it's you know it's a couple hours one way a couple hours the, the other way and, and I'm there and then I can always come back here which is home and be surrounded by just you know there's so much stand-up and 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 improv in in theater um, and it's, and it's, I think it, I feel it's more of a community here cause I've been in, in New York and, and LA and I just feel more, it's more of a family here and you can really hone your skills. Yeah, totally. It's huge too and overwhelming. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's get to the question of the podcast. Um, how do you relate to the notion of hope? How do I relate to the notion of hope? You, ha. <sighs> Yeah, it would if I say with sadness is that you can yes, <laughs> absolutely. You can because, say whatever you want. You know, cuz I I've been I've been thinking about it and every time I think about hope, I just I feel kind of sad uh, uh with you know, maybe just with where everything is right now in our country as far as race relations and uh um uh just you know illness and and i don't know maybe with uh where i am in my career is as well uh you know there there was always hope that you'd be well my hope i was just like ah oh, you know just just that that hope that i could be somewhere else right now and and doing so much more and I was thinking about it the other day and I was like I have all of these ideas eh, eh, but you know I just need to get to that next level consistently where I can put all of these things into into play where I can do so much more for other people I guess I'm I've always been if if I get somewhere with some sort of status, I will help other people who who hope to get out of the situations they're in. That's why with the Pimprov show, you know, we donate to the, the, the domestic abuse shelters and and the toys for the kids and feeding the needy is 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 that I hope I can 
help others get to some sort of happiness. Do you think, and so I really relate to what you're saying a lot. Do you think that wanting to help others and wanting to bring people along holds you back? I've been told that. Yeah, it's I've a been told tough that. one, hey? Yeah, yeah. Um been told to, you know, get rid of some people and, and do more things on your own and, and have a, a different sort of mentality. But that's not how I was I was raised, you know. My you know, my my mother was was always a sort of like kind of like grassroots out there doing fundraising for for different sorts of charities and and non-for-profit work and and it was just always about helping others you know so that's what i have i always hope that i can do something where i can help other people are you a religious person no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a religious person. I, I did go to like a religious school when I was a little kid, kind of got kicked out. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, my mom would go to church and she dragged my dad to go to church, too, because, you know, football was on Sundays. Uh, and my grandma was really uh, big in the church. And, and when we'd have to like as kids go to church with her, it'd be like this all day thing so my cousins are all like still very much into the church but i'm just like nope i'm a science guy <laughs> and they'll they'll send me these these like facebook messages like oh uh, pass this along if you want jesus's blessing and i'm just like no thanks <laughs> Jesus is Jesus is very active on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, Jesus is all over Facebook. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting though. This I, I've been thinking these same thoughts about. I don't know. Like I I guess I'm guessing you and I are kind of in the same age bracket. It's a point you get to mm-hmm. a point in your life where you're like, well, okay, this is my career. There's no changing it. These are all the skills I have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, you know, you know, I, I get those thoughts where it's just like, well, maybe it's time to get a job. But then it's just like, well, but this is what I know how to do. Yeah, who would hire so, me? <laughs> yeah, why? And, and, and I don't want to go, you know, and, you know, doing some other job where I'm not, I don't have a creative outlet where I'm just like forced to like sit somewhere for, for hours on end, because then that would drive me crazy. And, you know, and nobody likes suicide thoughts, but, (laughs) yeah. but you know, if, if I, if, if I can't create what, which is what I feel that I'm here to do, then what good am I? Yeah. Well, yeah. And also like, the other thing is that helping people has to be its own reward, even though sometimes it is frustrating to feel like broke and scared and tired still and old, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. Old and getting older. <laughs> old and getting older. Um, yeah. Um, so it, there's that hope and that hopelessness. Um, but but I, I think, I, you know, I, I want to help people. Are you a person who's help. politically engaged? Um, hmm. I mean, how do I answer yeah. that? Yeah, I guess to a, a certain extent, uh, I am a Black Lives Matter person, and it's not just because I'm black. <laughs> 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 but uh, if that's 
politics and and getting some some equal rights and getting police to stop killing us. Uh, I am all for that. I was sharing some uh, stories of my own run-ins with the the police uh, um, the other day, and it's it's amazing. It's it, it's it's night and day with with how um, we get treated. Uh, I was um, I was telling the story. I was a kid, and I was in a crowded mall in in a neighborhood I was in, very diverse. And I'm walking down the street with my friend in, in this crowded mall, and I see these two guys walking towards me. They had they had long hair, like heavy metal T-shirts on and everything. I think they were like smoking cigarettes. And from behind them, there were these two police officers like running. And I was like, wow, the police are running to grab these two guys. And the police are just like like high pursuit. But the police run past those two guys, run right up to me and just grab me and start sh- violently shaking me. And I was just like, I was like, whoa, I was like, what, what, what the hell is going on? And they're like, you robbed the magic shop. And I was like, oh, my God. And, and I'm a, you know, class clown, smart ass kid that I, I was. I was like, do I look like I'm in the magic? I was like, <laughs> I was like, and, it, and they, the cops like drag me down the street and everyone's looking at all of this. And they drag me down the street to a corner and, and they're like, yeah, have the owner of the magic shop look out and see if this is the guy. We got this guy uh, walking down the street. And so the, the owner comes out and he says that I'm not the guy. And, and so they, they let me go. And I'm like, I was like, I was like, what made you think that, that I was the guy? And they were like, well, you fit the description. I was like, well, what, what's the description? And they're like, the guy had a hat on. And I was like, I was like, that's the description. And I start pointing to everybody on the street. I'm like, that guy has a hat on. That guy has a hat on. That guy has a hat on. But you ran up and you grabbed me. I was like, I don't think that's the only description. I think they said someone black grabbed the magic shop and you just ran up to me because I was a black guy you saw on the street. And um, yeah, complete and utter bullshit. They didn't apologize or anything like that. They just went on off about their business. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Yes. So if it's polit- politics like that, yes, I'm very political. Do I go and uh, protest? Yes, I absolutely do. Do I go and give out uh, free bags of food and stuff to, to people uh, protesting? Do I hand out water? Yes. Do I give out food to in the communities and stuff? Absolutely. So politics that way, I'm absolutely a political person. How are you feeling right now about this moment? Uh, it's shitty it's it's absolutely awful um i I wish i could say it's only in this country but uh yeah i was over in 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 thailand and the police i was outside of the venue where i was scheduled to perform and i had my headphones on i'm just like listening to music getting into the mood to go in and do the show and and i see this 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 truck of uh Thai police and they're like pulling up and they're looking at me and I'm just like fuck I was like even in Thailand I was like even in Thailand this shit is happening and I knew as soon as I saw them what was going to happen and they circle around they come back they get out you know only one of the three guys kind of spoke English but but 
you want to talk about being terrified of the police. These guys were absolutely terrifying. They had these huge guns and everything. And they're like, what are you doing standing out here? And I didn't have my passport on me because it's like in my hotel room in the venue that I'm performing. Yeah. And, and I was just like, I'm, I'm like, I was like, I'm performing right here. I'm, I'm, I was like, I only thing I have in my pocket is, is the key to my room. <laughs> and they're like, well, uh, uh, we're, 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 uh, we're checking just to make sure you're not up to something. And I was like, I swear I'm not up to anything. I'm performing right here. People that are walking into this place can tell you cause they're coming here to see me. Um, and then they, they, they let me go, but I was just like, uh, and then inside someone was like, well, they uh they're like people from Africa come here and sell drugs and so that's what they thought it was and I was right. just like ah oh, for crying out loud yeah that makes me feel a lot better don't justify this no 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 it's okay yeah. the police are just doing their job <laughs> yeah yeah no no it's not black Americans it's it's African blacks that they were looking for <laughs> you know yeah gosh. <laughs> Yeah, it's got to be stressful. Canada's dealing with its own sort of like, well, not nothing's happening in Canada. You know, not in Canada. Look at the States. The States is a mess. But like, <laughs> Canada's having yeah. trouble looking at itself in many ways. Ah, okay. See, I we don't hear anything about Canada <laughs> having, having a problem like that up oh, there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just so you know. <laughs> All right. Now I know. <laughs> We're trying. Gonna... We're trying. But yesterday in Toronto, the city council voted against a non-binding recommendation to reduce the police budget by 10%. Wow. So, sorry to be a bummer about that, but yeah, <laughs> we're working yeah. on it. We're trying. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to work on it here to, um, you know, defund the police, which isn't, you know, what it sounds. It just means uh, reallocate some of that money so that the police don't have to get called to every situation that they're not necessarily trained for. Yeah. Also, it yeah. is what it sounds. And that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take their money away. They're like, uh, yeah. they're like a band of lunatic mobsters. Don't give them government money to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and they and they are a band of mobsters that <laughs> stick together. Yeah, it's all happening here too. What I found out was um, through all this stuff that's happening with city council because I'm not super. I haven't been super politically engaged either. Somewhat, I try to be informed to a certain extent, but you know that's mm -hmm. it's you know if we're not politicians, we're not civil servants. That's not our job either. <laughs> Yeah. We shouldn't need to know as much as them. But I found right. out that the city council can't defund the police. Only the police can decide to give themselves less money. What? Who built, who built this system? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Ontario is stupid. Also, in Ontario, like, the condo developers decide if they can make condos. What? <laughs> There's, like, a board. and Yeah. Canada's a bit fucked. We've just, like, got good PR. Yeah, you got great PR. <laughs> yeah, we don't hear about any of that. So, so the police are the only ones that can be like, yeah, no, we we will take less money. That's not going to happen. No, of course not. Why would it? <laughs> yeah. That's like giving me a job and it's just like, you, you want to make less money? No, I want to be the boss. Nobody can fire me. Uh, no one can approach me. I don't want small children to look me in the eye. Uh, I like grapes, but not the red ones. Only the green ones. <laughs> yeah, and plus, I want to raise. Yeah, and plus, Bye. I want to raise. 
Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to be nicer to us? No, absolutely not. Why would I? Continue I don't have to be to. a tyrant. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, but I guess, and I'm being leading in my questions here. Like, I know it's terrible, but also, like, is this is this movement is this greater conversation giving you any amount of hope, or is it all feeling like blabber? <sighs> Sorry. Um. It. I I wish I could say it does, but honestly, it's it's being talked about now in every day that some actual change doesn't happen. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, you can you can take you can change the curtains out and 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 do all sorts of like exterior things, but inside is where all the problems actually are unless they're actual laws you know in place people are going to continue to do what they're going to do we're going to switch out donald trump and that's not going to get rid of all the the trump you know people they're just going to they're just going to go back into hiding the way they were before and not as vocal but they're still going to be out there killing and murdering people you know yeah. they're going to still be out there you know uh, 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 killing people because they're gay. They're still going to be out there, you know, uh, killing people because they're they're Muslim. They're they're still going to be out there, you know, killing people because they're black. So so these people that you know really need all of this, they're not watching, you know, the same news that we're watching. Yeah, I, I, I talk about that. I see all of my friends for the most part on you know on social media all think the same way. Yeah, you know. And I'm like, yeah, we're all yelling and complaining to each other, but that's just bouncing around in this little cylinder that we're all in. Where it needs to go is it needs to get out. And and there's another news source out there that's not saying the same things that we're saying. They're not reporting the same news that we're reporting. They're reporting, oh, these people, they're they're tearing down all these things that make this country great. They're tearing down all these, these lovely statues. Oh, they're taking away our Confederate flag, which isn't about slavery. It's about our heritage. It's about moonshine and no teeth and all this other shit and it's just like the, the people that we really need to reach aren't still aren't being reached you know yeah their figurehead is just gonna go away you're gonna put somebody else in there and they're gonna be like all right well now we're still gonna get stepped on at least then we had somebody that was speaking for us for us by us and now it's just somebody else in there so we're just gonna keep our voices down until it's our time to vote but they're still gonna be doing the same shit yeah so yep. it that <laughs> my hope is that some people will change I and mean, realize I'm seeing, I'm seeing that happen oh you are yeah I mean I don't know that it's the most radical kinds of change but say from mm -hmm. like centrist liberal white people mm -hmm. yes they're moving further i i've had conversations that i think have moved people further left i've watched that happen i've seen people make statements people that i've known who i'm like your politics have changed for you to even say that wow well that's good but it's again i feel i feel i also feel what you're saying because again like i'm so inspired by the hope of the kids <laughs> <laughs> yes but we've yeah. been, we've both been around, you know, the sun a few more times, and I really don't want to be cynical. But also, you know, these these 
uplifting, amazing protests and voices are not going to change everything in a second. Yes. They've happened true. before. It does feel like something large and special is happening right now. I hope so. <sighs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's, I'm just an old crotchety old black <laughs> black man who's 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 had his fair share of you know going through some some riots and yelling and complaining about some things that have gone on and only to see people like yeah 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 and then oh shit there's a new concert in town or something else big hits the the news and then that takes over the news story yeah so um you know i i always say that let's not forget what our end goal is and hopefully we can get there. Let's not let uh, media cycles switch us out for the next big thing. Yeah. You know? Well, I I have to say this past month has changed me. Oh. And I can know that. How so? Um, Can you? Or can you not say? No, I can say. Um, Some of it's like, embarrassing white guilt stuff but you know like i didn't understand how fucked up the police were Ah, i mean i knew some things it's not like i didn't believe that black people were targeted and stop and frisk and stuff like that but like the -hmm. depth of it i didn't understand and that's one thing and the other thing is the sort of silencing of so much chatter online um, I felt like I had a way better idea of things I could do to be engaged and involved in help because hmm. black Twitter got to talk for a while and Instagram, y- yeah, like the yeah. other stuff was cleared out and I could hear these messages that weren't getting to me. Well, that's good. So, so that's maybe just, it is helping. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know that that's happening. It, it might not topple all the governments that we need, but. B- okay. So you say that. And that is good, but yeah, you again, you weren't someone that was out there like, well, fuck those people. They need to get crushed underfoot by the law and 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 stuff like that. For the most part, you were an open-minded, free-thinking person, correct? Uh, no, yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but again, like I became more informed about my political candidates here and how they mm-hmm. feel about these issues. I wrote letters, you know, I haven't done that before. Okay. Anyway, I, I know it's it's cold comfort, but like um, there's a, a stand up in Toronto, Tamara Siobhan, some of the listeners will know her. And she had this really great tweet that was like, let's take a minute to realize that not all racists can be saved. <laughs> That's, yeah. So like, yeah, like. She's wonderful. I recommend checking out her stuff. But like, maybe we were never going to get those extremists anyway. But maybe getting the center to shift left is big. I'm not in America. That that would be what I'm hoping for is that we can get back to a, a head voice that is not dividing us all you know and it's more about us all being together because i mean i have 
have friends that are, you know, different political parties. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit who you, you vote for. It's it's about how we interact and, and relate as people. I, I'm fine, absolutely 100% fine with someone having a different opinion. That's what makes us individuals. But how we get along together, you know, I, I don't care you if if <laughs> I don't care who you are, if you're in some danger and I can help, I'm the type of person that will help you. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't look I don't see color or anything like that when when I want to help somebody. I'm like, I'm not like, well, there's a white homeless guy and a black homeless guy. I got one dollar. Who am I giving this dollar to? <laughs> All right. I guess you guys got to fight for it. No, it's, <laughs> you know, I'm like, well. Let me go find some change and you get 50 cent, you get 50 cent. You know, I, I'm I'm more about us all coming together. And yeah, no, you're not going to save everybody. Some people are just going to hate you because they have hate in their heart. I, I have friends that I've performed with for years, for years, and who I considered really great friends say some really horrible shit these last four years on Facebook yeah. because of the person in the White House. And and some, yes, I have unfriended. That doesn't silence them, but that, you know, I don't have to look at the shit that they're posting. But some, I still keep on because it, it, I, I want to see, you know... It, is this was this person just lying to me the whole time and that we were friends or is it just, you know, what's what's going on in this country right now? And it's us all being divided and hopefully, you know, we can come back together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's truly been chilling to um, to be like this. See the people who are close to you and be like, wait a second. We disagreed this much this whole time and I didn't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, another thing, I watched um, this documentary called, oh, what's it called? It's a, like an AOC documentary. We're kind of focused on her, but about insurgent Democratic Congress can candidates. Mm -hmm. It's called like Rock the House or something. Um, I don't understand American politics super duper well. <laughs> but it was interesting. It was interesting in this documentary to to learn about like act or political activist groups that um, just want young people in Congress. And it doesn't matter if they're Republican or Democrat, because it's like, yeah, you don't have to be like a racist murder monger to be a Republican. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if there were some Republicans who didn't support any of that? Yes, it would be nice. And I wasn't even thinking on those terms. Well, but yeah, they've really turned into a death cult. Yeah. Yeah. They really have. And <sighs> okay. It's a it's a sad state. I feel like I've brought you down. <laughs> you know, Becky, before I was talking to you, I was filming stuff and I was working on this whole James Bond thing. I was in a good mood. Okay, talk Let about the start. James Bond thing. Let's see if we can get you back there. <laughs> well, I can't talk about it. I, it's oh. I always like it to be it's it's I I'm filming it for I have a a, a friend that is a chef and he has a, a cooking show. He had a, a cooking show that was on Hulu that he had me on and he had Pimprov on. And so now he uh, does this weekly cooking show. I don't know 
what he broadcasted it on. But uh, he has me do weekly comedy bits for it. So uh, this week is Japanese milk bread. And I was uh, going to just film this bizarre sort of James Bond can't. He he's he he wakes up and he he he's been drugged and he can't get free. He's tied to a chair, and and the villain is there with the dog and he's trying to explain to Bond that uh, his plan. He's already completed his plan. Bond slept through the whole thing, but Bond is still just groggy from these drugs and he's talking about how he's gonna break free and he's gonna stop it. And the guy's just like, no, you. I mean, I'm going to let you go. My plan is is over. And I was <laughs> like, I'm going to stop you. you and he's like, he's like, how much, how much did we get? What was the proper dosage of, did we, is he? And it's just this whole just back and forth of silliness. <laughs> and 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 it's, it's about Japanese milk bread. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. Hey, Mars, what are you, what are you doing to... Like, what are you doing right now to take care of yourself? Or what are you doing for enjoyment? Is there anything particular you found? Um, I I am a huge lover of horror movies. Ooh. So, so um, and then I, I, I like international movies as well. So um, I saw, I, I think, like, maybe it's maybe my new favorite horror film now called I Saw the Devil. It's a Korean film. Okay. Um, and I, I love that. I saw another Korean horror film called uh, Sea Fog, which was which was really, really, really good as well. Um, last night, last night, early this morning, I watched an old film, 19, either 1969 or 1964, Robert Kane called Zulu. And it's a magnificent film uh, about uh, uh, it was, uh, I think, British occupation in Africa and the Zulus rose up to fight them. And it really didn't make either side out to be like a bad guy or a villain because they really respected the Zulu warriors and the Zulu warriors really respected them. And the acting is outstanding. The pace, I really enjoyed the pace of the film because nowadays so many films are just like so fast, fast, fast. Yeah, and yeah. Constantly have action, but the pace of this was just so slowed down that the tension was built and the scenes were just really well acted out. and 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 I really, really enjoyed that film. So it's Zulu. I do believe it came out in either 1964 or 1969 with uh, Robert Kane in there. Robert Kane's not even the lead. There were so many great actors, uh, British actors, a British film, and it was really, really good. I'm gonna watch it. We have a lot of time at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watch Zulu. I'm probably going to watch all of them. I miss movie theaters so much. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I I used to be able, if, if I didn't have anything going on, no auditions or anything like that, I could just go to catch a movie during the day. And now I can't do that. So that's one thing I do miss. Yeah, I'm really missing the movie theater. In the summer, too, when you can just, mm. like, leave. It's so hot and nice out, but you can leave that world and just go into a cold, dark place and enter another world and go right back out into the sun. Yes, absolutely. Oh, it'll be back um, someday. Mars, where can people find you online? Where would you like them to find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram at Mars Tims, M-A-R-Z as in zebra or Zed. Thank you. Uh, 
T-I-M-M-S. So at Mars Tim's on Instagram, at Mars Tim's on Twitter, Mars Tim's on Facebook, and MarsTim's.com. I just booked a show, a live show, my uh today like right before i talked to you so i'll be at a casino island resort casino in harris michigan you can be indoors yeah this one's gonna be indoors uh i i i agreed to it because this venue the stage is far enough back from the audience (laughs) that uh i don't have to uh get close to them and it's more than more than six feet more than 20 feet away from people so um Harris, Michigan is a very conservative area. Uh, (laughs) But again, you know, I've always, every time I've done a show there, just the energy when I've been done, I can, I can, and I'd say some of the meanest shit about white people (laughs) and how they treat black people on that stage. It just, it just have people laughing and just like, I, I, I could just like, have fun with them, even though there's like a super conservative area. And still, when the show is over, people, you know, come up and we all take pictures together. Last time I was there was um, in January of this year. I did a show up there and I was invited back. This judge, this local judge had his hol- he had his Christmas party uh, in, in the casino and he'd rented out this entire floor and all of his employees were there and I'm going up there and we're just like, we're having drinks, just all sorts of drinks. I got like four or five different gifts. I got gifts and it was such a great time. And I'm sure it's all with people who are, are like, all lives matter. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we had a fun time and we all really enjoyed hanging out with each other. And then I went back to my hotel room, went up to my room and passed out. <laughs> well, you know, you're probably out there changing hearts and minds. I, I hope so. I hope so, too. <laughs> Thanks for talking to me, Mars. Thanks for having me, Becky. All right. Bye. Bye. H-Word podcast is produced by me, Becky Johnson, from Parkdale in Toronto. Artwork this week by Shannon Gerard, and our theme music, as always, by Laura Barrett. For information on all our artists and guests, please follow us everywhere at the H-Word Pod, or sign up for our newsletter at thehwordpod.com. 